Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Good stuff this morning. We got Muhammad Badri coming in. Good morning, gentlemen. Muhammad, always, uh, I feel like Muhammad took a little hiatus there for a second, but Muhammad, we so happy to have you back. Hello to Malik and also Muhammad sharing some love this morning, saying hello to Dave and EJ in the house. Let's say hello to Dave also. Dave, dropping the hearts here. We love you, Dave. Good to see you. EJ saying good morning. Nick and Scott in Broncos country. And U.S. Dave saying the best part of the game was uh, as bad our performance. We still had a chance in the final second. So, yeah, as bad as the game was, um, we still had a chance. So, uh I agree with you. We're, I'm going to try to look a little bit Man, positive. That's the that's the positive outlook I like on a Tuesday morning on Broncos for breakfast. Exactly. It's been doom and gloom for the last two days that I've been on uh, the evening shows. No, we're gonna we're gonna keep it a little bit light here in levity because the Broncos are three and two. Um, the Broncos are facing a oh my god a disheveled Raiders organization as we've seen in a, a long time, and that's saying something for the Raiders because that's typically where they're living. But man, um. Talk about a do or die week uh, for the Broncos. We got Dave coming in with stars over on Facebook, the hearts and the stars coming in here. Uh, thank you so much, Dave. Great to have you here this morning. We love to see you. EJ saying, see you, Chucky. Good riddance. <laughs> um, but so um, we'll, we'll, I guess we're going to have to talk about that a little bit, but uh, I don't know. We might have to dance around it a little bit too. I don't want to say anything to get us in trouble, but um, obviously guys, this is Broncos for breakfast. You guys can follow sure. Scott. You know what I'll say that'll get us in trouble. Hmm. <laughs> As they say, they get in trouble. It's like, listen, there, there's there's several sides of this. There's the people that don't really go into the whole thing and say, you know, this was 11 years ago. What's the big deal? Uh, I disagree with that take. The, the take I think we can all agree on is if you are arrogant and stupid enough to put thoughts like this in writing, you don't you should you shouldn't be employed as a, as a head football coach in the National Football League. That's basically my thoughts on it. If you're if you're that dumb. I don't want you coaching my football team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I have some takes too. Um, we'll get to it just after the uh, introduction here. Uh, obviously, you guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall. M-A-J-H. Can you hear me okay? Ashton says he doesn't hear my mic. Uh, it sounds like you're a little boomy, like it's not coming through the mic, like it's coming through the computer maybe. That's very um, possible. Let me check my mic. Thanks for that. Thank, let me let me check. Um, uh, but, go uh, ahead. I'll, I'll get this fixed. So yeah, follow us at Huddle Up Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. Uh, you guys like the gear? Got the Broncos for Breakfast hat came in. Got the Broncos for Breakfast mug. Scott and I are both rocking them. Um, Scott's going to uh, get some more coffee, I'm assuming. Uh, but uh, yeah, go to HuddleUpPod.com to get your swag on. Uh, Facebook folks, go to Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod to join us there. And if you would please, if you join us on YouTube today subscribe like and share um that's probably the number one way to listen to us facebook and youtube and while you guys are over on youtube go to youtube.com forward slash c forward slash scott kennedy and uh follow scott's channel we'll be there talking some uh, falcons tomorrow which will be uh 
fun. Uh, obviously, uh, Cordell Patterson almost saved my fantasy league this week, and but of course, I was going up against the combination of Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. So uh, I'm in. Oh, you had Lamar league. Jackson last night, and that should sound a little better. Thumbs up, yes, everybody. You, yep, you sound great. Okay, um, thank you. You sound great. Um, also, yeah, guys, like, subscribe, and share on Facebook, YouTube. We need to get the likes coming in here. We got the hearts coming in from Randy, Gary, Andrew, and Dave. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Albert Knoppers is coming in. Morning, guys. Good to see you. Lawrence Rivera, we love you, Lawrence. Hey, good to see you, Lawrence. Giving the Fonzie there. JJ Johnson, don't recognize you. Um, JJ, welcome in. Good morning, guys. Glad to be able to catch the show live. Glad to have you here, JJ. Need some positive Broncos conversation, or maybe we need a new hobby. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Um, I'll do what I can today to bring the good vibes. I am still uh, riding the high of the number two in the nation, Iowa Hawkeyes winning, beating Penn State. Um, so uh, I'll try to bring the good vibes here today. Dave Crespin's in here. Good to see you, David. Good morning, guys. Is this weekend a must-win game against the Raiders? Yes, it is. It re- it actually, this is a must-win game. Uh, Miguel's in the house. Good morning, fellas. I feel a lot better about winning this week than I did 24 hours ago. They better win now. Gosh. Um, yeah, there was the mic coming in. You do sound better, Scott. Ken Booker's in the house. Good morning. <laughs> if the Broncos let go of Shermer at the end of the year, who are some coaches you would like to see Denver interview or should we stay in house? I think if the Broncos lose Shermer, I think the writing is on the wall for Fangio as well. I think that you're probably, if you're firing your offensive coordinator mid season, how often does that actually work out where it galvanizes the team and things all of a sudden kick off in the right direction and everybody saves their job? Not very often, not very often. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think it'll be a clean sweep. I'm actually a little surprised <clears throat> that uh, it didn't happen last year. Honestly, if you're bringing a new general manager on a team that is not winning, hmm. get your own guys. Yep. You know, and 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 part of me says, do you know that going in? Do, do you feel the full support? I, I don't know the relationship, but I mean, you know, you, you watch this business enough, and when a new general manager comes in and you had a losing record, you're gone. I mean, yeah. I understand that's business. Um, so I, I think it'll be a clean sweep. You know, there might be a <clears throat> for a court for the for the top for head, for coordinators and for head coach, you're gone. Maybe a you know maybe a position coach sticks around, something like mm-hmm. that. But uh, you know, some some back some backroom staff, some of that type of stuff. But uh, as far as the three highest profile positions, head coach, coordinator, coordinator, I, I think I think all of those would be gone. I agree with you. And we got Gary maybe coming in with stars here. Uh, good morning to you, Gary. Gary came good in with morning. the stars. Uh, Peter Middleton has come in with the stars, too, with his rose-tinted oh, glasses. And then let me see if I can go up here a little bit because Lawrence 
came in with his eye. A the Fonz. So thank oh, you so I much. I'm, I'm 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 reading that too much in like my Australian accent is I. I. Hey. <laughs> so and then Peter came yeah, in with we, some stars too. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, Peter. He gave the opportunity this season to the staff already here, talking about uh, George Payton, of course, and gave himself time to check his staff and personnel before making big decisions next year. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's still a little bit early to completely write this Broncos team off, too, right? Like they're three and two. We're second place in the AFC West. We're not in a terrible position. Now, did they drop a game that they should have won versus the Steelers? Yes. I mean, you left points on the board. You death by inches. You know, that was Vic Fangio's saying when he came in. This Broncos team lost by feet this week because they constantly were shooting themselves in the feet. And uh, that's the one. That's when the coffee's not kicked in yet, sometimes I say magical things. It's, um, but, it's uh, the opposite for me. You're lucky to get two words out of me until this comes in. So we started. I've, I've, got, the, I've got the press here. So I'm only about that far into my coffee so okay well that's uh broncos broncos for breakfast eating it up um and thank you so much ashton saying listening just won't be a part of the chat doing some morning cleaning i feel that ashton i love to clean and do podcasts maybe not love but uh it makes it much more fun vix in the house good morning to you go broncos jr's in the house coming from pensacola good to see you moron um always good to see you moron uh, it wouldn't be so bad watching this sucky Broncos team if we ever got players in the draft. I'm sure the Broncos passed on Allen and Jackson, though. I'm sure glad. Broncos suck again. I don't think the Broncos suck. We played three teams to start the season that sucked. I just think they're a team that's probably going to finish the season around 500. And that's what I had them coming into the year. I think when we did our preseason predictions, um, I had the Broncos finishing 9-8. and eight. I think you might have had them 11 and uh, uh, You know, 11. I need to go back and find it because they're – they're either right on what we said or just behind. Um, yeah. honestly, they're right I where I said they, they, they I had them like three and five at one point, and then they went mm-hmm. on a, a tear towards the middle of the schedule where it eases off. But yeah, you know, we talked at the beginning of the season that the, the AFC North just scares the bejesus out of me. It, it just it always has. I mean, it, I mean those AFC teams West. might not always or be AFC who North. they have been, you know, but going into Pittsburgh's tough. That's that's just historically tough. The Ravens are a good team. The Browns, usually you can count on beating the Browns. You can't even count on that right now. So, yeah. you know, that AFC North uh, jaunt is, I think I had almost all of those as losses. So, except for maybe the Bengals. <clears throat> yeah, the Bengals are better than we thought this year. They've been playing pretty good football. I mean, taking the Packers toe-to-toe there and uh, maybe could have beaten them, um, obviously. And also the... Uh, Chargers are much better than uh, we thought. They're, they they arrived more quickly than we thought. Talk about, you know, teams and coaches and quarterbacks needing time. Justin Herbert didn't need a lick of time. He came in and he was amazing. Brandon Staley didn't need a lick of time. He came in and he was amazing. So obviously it's five games this year, but uh, that Chargers team looks really good, which is unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, thank you for your comment, Mo. Good to see you in here. I obviously said hello to Albert Knoppers in the house. Uh, Peter also coming in. I am I looking through rose tinted glasses, but I'm really not too worried about the losses considering the injuries, the changes and the bad drops still think this will be a positive season. There we go, Peter. I like the, uh, the good vibes. So Money let's, more. let's hit on that real quick. That okay, was, a, yeah, that, was that was Peter's stars question. And I want to want to talk about that a little bit because we can get into the game. Some with this uh, offense on defense. Um, I, I felt the injuries in this one, uh, mm. you know, specifically Josie jewel. I felt the injuries on this one. Now, I don't think the defensive line was particularly good at holding their positions. I thought they got pushed around a little bit. Mm-hmm. But as they got pushed around, there wasn't that headbanger coming in and, and closing the gap and stopping the run. 
um, Alexander Johnson, when I saw him making tackles, it was usually seven yards too late. He was he was down downfield a little bit more. So I think this one, when we talk about the injuries that the Broncos have had, I felt him this game. I really did. I felt him yeah. with Josie Jewell. Uh, I felt him with with Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. You know, the there was no run after the catch fear on this. There was no hit a guy on the run and let him go to work. There was there was very little of that. So with the injuries, I I did. I felt them this game. Yeah, the Broncos don't have any quick hitters in the pass game right now, which is really hurting them on first and second down and making. I think the Broncos are averaging. You know what the Broncos are averaging to go on third down? I would my my gut check says about six and a half. Eight. Yeah. Third and eight is the average third down, which is. And you wonder why you're last, you know, if you're not last, you're close enough to say last in the league in third down conversions. If you're averaging eight, I mean, the league percentage on that has to be 25% at best. And that's right about where the Broncos are with their third down yeah. conversion rate this season. So um, people, obviously, the the final result is struggling on third down, but you're losing on first and second down and giving yourself a bad opportunity on first. And that's the thing where. I've heard some other people talking about the Broncos rush game, um, the yards per carry looking solid and the run game not working well. I prefer an efficiency metric, and we don't have to go down the the total rabbit hole here, but it's called success rate, which uh, you guys, if you've listened on here before, I've talked about it. On first down, it's if you gain 60% of the yards to go. Second down, it's 80%. And third down, it's 100% of the yards to go. And the Broncos are pretty darn low in the rushing game success rate, which is much more of a a mode, if you will, when looking at the Broncos run game. So that's, a tough, the that's a tough grade. Yeah. That goes back to the old 90, 92 was an A when I was in high school, not even 90. I mean, I I, I would consider a success rate half on first down. Mm -hmm. You pick up five on first down, I'm happy. You're yep. looking at second and five on a rush. I'll take that. I'll take that every time. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, But uh, well, we don't know the, the point you're making is they're not there. No, I think the Broncos rush success rate is about 30% so far this season, which mm -hmm. is bottom five in the NFL. Um, so not good enough. Um, some of that is on the play calling. Um, how many can we get a play action on first down if the team is loading the box? Please, God. Um, yeah, I don't think we had a single under center play well, action. Well, the problem is, is, like you said, if they're attacking the line of scrimmage because they know you're going to run, then you don't have time to, for play action. You know, the play action is to freeze somebody. Yeah. Maybe. But, you know, if I know if I'm if I run up, if I run a play action and a blitz and I'm the linebacker that's coming as a blitz, I know I just have to attack the ball because mm -hmm. the quarterback and the running back are being are meeting in the same spot. If I attack the ball, I just blew up your play action. doesn't matter if you're going to hand it off or not. I just blew it up. Yeah, no, I which is tough. why I always say the, the, the flip side of that play action and obvious passing situations drives me berserk. It drives me crazy. Two-minute drill and you run a play action, I, I, it just drives me crazy. All you're doing is, is costing two seconds when you've only got four for your quarterback. Yep, to evaluate and everything. Yeah, uh, good point. Michael may be coming in with stars here. Um, good morning, Nick and Scott for, from Broncos for Breakfast. Go Broncos. Good to see you. Good morning uh, to you, Michael. Rod is in the house. Good to see you, Rod. I'm New face. I'm um, good to see you. So Teddy has a one-year deal here. That is correct. Uh, DeAndre Witherspoon talking about this Raiders game. Uh, this is a big division game Sunday period. They have to match the Raiders energy and intensity and desperation. This is a Raiders team that could come out completely disheveled. I mean, they lost. You it. don't know what you're going to get. You yeah. don't know where you're going to get. They could come out on fire or they could just tuck tail and say, you know, we're, we're all even here anyway. They looked pretty tuck tail against the anemic 
Chicago Bears last week. Um, so we will see this Broncos team. They're going to have to come out with energy. And a lot of since then, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And something I want to get back to when you talked about um, the Gruden stuff. I don't know how, given the diversity and the amount of like buy-in you have to have from your players in that locker room, how he could have faced those guys again and had buy-in. It's like it's like the it's not like the Urban Meyer thing to an extent, where they're like laughing at him when he leaves the room, but like there's no way enough well, of those guys to be bought extent, in. There's a certain extent where most of the people in there have screwed up one way or another. You know, this yeah. is, you know, so, you know, this is a long time ago, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can see it possibly happening, but, you know, I, I'm with you on this, you know, in, in this yeah. day and age with the sensitivity and how young these guys are, um, you know, they don't have a whole lot of trust and authority anyway, the, yeah. the young guys that uh, it's uh, not that, you know, old guys do either. <laughs> um, but I, I, I agree with you. My only counter on that would possibly be that they would say, listen, uh, cause Jeremy, Sean, he actually asked something about, you know, it's 10 years ago. Does that bother you at all? I'm like, listen, I, uh, <clears throat> we, we've talked about this on before. Um, I I'm 24 years sober. And the reason why is cause I got my second DUI in 1997. So that's 24 years. My second one. I applied for a commercial driver's license and they went back there and said, sorry, you're disqualified. I'd say, okay, it's 25 years ago. I get it. I screwed up. I shouldn't have, I should have known better. Um, I'm okay with that. Those were choices I made that followed me for 25 years. I get it. And uh, like I said, if you're that stupid to put stuff like that in writing, not even just ha ha amongst the boys out beers playing golf, but to put it in writing and hit send on it, I don't want you as my coach. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. And uh, again, I just don't know how he could go in the locker room and look in the eyes and demand the respect of those guys like you'd need from a head coach. So, uh, and also <laughs> pivoting real hard right now. Happy birthday to Michael Ronquillo. Yeah. It's great to see you in here. It's thank you for spending your birthday morning with us and everyone in the chat. Please, please give one of our favorites in here, Michael, a shout out on birthday uh, for his birthday. And uh, Michael, if you want, let us know how old you are. Uh, that's always, that's always fun as well. Um, but great to see you in here. Um, and spending your, uh, spending your morning with us. So we talked about Gruden. Um, we talked about the Broncos in general, kind of spinning wheels, Shermer, Shermer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I want to talk about this Broncos Steelers game. Um, obviously it was disappointing. This team had no life in the first two and a half quarters, um, struggling, especially on offense and giving up points and falling behind. And this offense is not good enough to catch up with that. But what I want to talk about first is this defense. Um, we've seen the Steelers this year. They have been not a good offense. Big Ben is still Big Ben. Um, he's still, you know, a smart quarterback who can get the ball out in time. But the Broncos gave up 100 plus yards to Najee Harris, made it look pretty easy. Uh, this Broncos vaunted secondary, giving up pretty good, pa uh, pretty easy pass plays. Also, um, we said early on this season, if the Broncos field a top three defense, which on paper with Vic Fangio, you would have to make that assumption that they should. With uh, Teddy Bridgewater, this is the playoff team. I know that people are grading Teddy Bridgewater very hard, especially with the amazing AFC quarterback play right now. I mean, we're seeing Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, blah, 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 Joe Burrow. But it's crazy. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is holding up his end of the bargain. The defense is not. They're barely a top 10 unit right now, and that's not good enough. 
Well, and it's it's not even just that. It's the it's a couple of the big plays that have been backbreakers. Yeah. Um, you know, we've hit this one several times uh over the since the game. So, you know, if you're if you're just on Broncos for, for breakfast, this will be new for you. Otherwise, you get to hear us say it for the first time. Is uh Fuller was terrible. You know, he he gave up some big plays. Um, he had a you know, there, there's a, that's a ten million dollar corner that you're talking about right there, who's about to become a, a CB three on this one. When Darby comes back, you know, I'd have him behind Darby. I'd have him behind Sertan and he's on a one-year deal and th there's no, yeah, he's making a lot of money, but it's, it's a, it's a one-year deal. So if it's a sunk cost, it's almost like dead cap money to a certain yeah. extent where, listen, I, I can't have this guy on the field. I don't have so much invested in him over the next three years that we have to make this right. It's up to him to prove that he belongs out there. And right now he's a liability um, watching uh, and, and Duke says here also. And for me, it's not even the interior pass rush. Uh, appreciate the comment on YouTube, Duke. It's just the interior push because you're not necessarily supposed to get a big pass rush out of your interior line in a three, four. That's where Malik Reed and Von Miller should be coming in. Or maybe I drop one of those off and I bring in an inside linebacker or, or whatever, but your interior line in a three, four is just supposed to occupy space for lack of a better word. And they're getting pushed back. That's what can't happen. You yeah. cannot get pushed back. You cannot get separated. You cannot, you have to maintain your gap integrity and hold your space and they were getting moved around. So not just, not just the interior pass rush for me, but just the interior push wasn't there against the Steelers. No, I'm totally with you uh, in that regard. It's been disappointing. And uh, I think Ivan, Ivan has a great point here that I was thinking as well. Uh, Shelby Harris and Justin Simmons, two of the Broncos highest paid defensive players this year, brought back on new contracts, guys who have been standouts in their time in Denver. Um, they're not playing according to expectations of their new contract. And uh, I agree with him 100% here. It's it's unfortunate. Um, but you know, I know Shelby Harris has been dealing with a wrist injury, but uh, you want to see better pass rush from him, right? Like you can find Broncos found Mike Purcell off the street, right? He was kicking around. You can find run stuffers. Shelby's not bringing that much to the pass rush right now. Now is that scheme? Is that injury? Is that Shelby? Is that team's dialing up on him? I don't know exactly. You'd have to be sitting in there and asking those questions and getting an honest answer um, from those guys, which is sometimes hard to get, um, but not publicly, not publicly. Yeah, not publicly. Um, but uh, Shelby's been, Great in run defense, but that's not what you're paying. You shouldn't be paying that money for run defense. It's a bad allocation of resources. Um, and then Justin Simmons. I don't know what's going on with Simmons this year. He has been outshined by Kareem Jackson. Now, he's not terrible by any means, but he's not second highest paid safety in the NFL, NFL money. Now, um, I, I will do a little bit of a red herring here just to make myself feel better. At least the Broncos didn't trade two first round picks and then make him the highest paid safety. Looking at you, Seattle Seahawks. Um, especially a guy who can't cover from the safety position as a glorified uh, will linebacker. But um, it's uh, those guys both got to play better. And Kyle Fuller, you talked about, you hit on the injuries earlier. You talked about Jewel and Chubb right. and KJ. The guy I was missing this week, Ronald Darby. That's I mean, who I was going to say. I was like, yep. I, I forgot yep. as we started talking about who was about to be displaced. I'm like, yeah, and Ronald Darby. So yep. did I feel the injuries this week? Uh, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Let's look at offense. Jerry, Judy, and KJ Hamler. They bring a completely different element to your team uh, on the passing game. Some of those short check down passes become nice, long, you know, long gainers. Yep. Um, 
On defense, Josie Jewell. Yeah, I, I miss Josie Jewell and his run stuff and capabilities. And frankly, he looked really good going laterally. He that's what surprised me the most. You know, listening to the scouting reports from from Nick and the, the guys at Mile High Huddle, I was expecting a, a north south guy, but he looked he looked really good going laterally. I was really mm -hmm. impressed. And then Darby, a, a number a legit number one corner, you're always going to miss. But you know, he, he got. We really missed him this week on the field when you saw what they were doing to uh, to Fuller early, and it hurt. It hurt. Yeah. It absolutely made a difference. So we talk about depth and 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 all those things, but you took a hit, and you're, you, that certainly wasn't your best team out there. Now, who's coming back? We know KJ Handler's not coming back. We know Josie Jewell's not coming back, but Jerry Judy and Ronald Darby should be back, and that's going to be a big help. Yeah, no, absolutely. Those guys should be coming back, and – um, it's, it'll be good to have Darby back as well. Um, honestly, I would approach Josie Jewel right now. We have some Josie Jewel love in the comments going on right now. Uh, sign Jewel up. We miss Jewel. Um, Jewel was playing amazing those first few games. Uh, looking over across the the continent, I guess, um, over at New England, Raekwon McMillan tore his ACL before the season was over, or before the season even started, and the Patriots liked enough of what they saw of him that they offered him a one-year, $5 million contract for next season. Um, if I was the Broncos, I would pay Josie Jewell right now. One year deal. Let's let's run it back. One year, five million. Um, and uh, there's one of your linebackers next year. He was great. Uh, he's always going to have some limitations, but linebackers much more about the heady part of the game than the physical. Obviously, if you can have the physical, it's amazing. But well, and, and a pectoral doesn't scare you as much as a lower body injury when absolutely. you're talking about recovery as well. You're not saying, yeah. okay, well he blew his Achilles or a, a knee or a hip or anything like that. I mean, that's a pectoral, which is painful and debilitating. Yeah but it's not going to slow him down long-term for the most part, uh, as long as it heals completely. I mean, he's still going to be doing a lot of work that's going to be straining those pectorals. Yeah. But uh, that should be, that should be a one. I'm he's back at 100% next yeah. season. Uh, not, not like something you handler. You're a little, you're a little more scared about, you know, Sutton, those ACLs, they take a little more time. Achilles, they take a little more time. Um, and then you're not sure if they're ever going to be back to where they were, but that shouldn't be a problem with Josie Jewell. Yeah. And I did, I do want to say, I know everybody was clamoring for Justin Sternot. I think so far for the first few games, um, he's struggled. Um, he hasn't been amazing, especially in run defense. There was a few times where he's like, what, what gap are you filling, buddy? What are you seeing? And a uh, oh, parting of the seas um, where Justin Sternod's obvious from what I was seeing gap assignment was, and that's where the Steelers were attacking in the rush game. So um, it's been unfortunate, uh, but uh, we got Peter coming in here asking a question for Scott. Uh, were you surprised how much 11 personnel we ran Sunday? And for the kids at home, 11 personnel means one running back and three wide receivers. So what do you think, Scott? Uh, I'd have to see the numbers. Um, I, I, I'm not, I, I was watching it kind of from 10,000 feet quickly. And I wasn't mm -hmm. necessarily watching re back every play to see who was where and what personnel was on there. But I'm going to take your word for this and say that there was a bunch of 11 personnel. And when I look at the box score, I see, again, there was only uh, there were under 20 rushes for um, your running backs. Now, part of that was because you fell behind a little early, mm -hmm. but your depth at wide receiver right now isn't good. It's it's yeah. not good. So why are you running three wide receivers all the time? Well, Okuebanam's out, too. So I've yeah. lost some depth at tight end. Uh, a wide receiver screen early in the first half. You know who that went to? Went to Javante Williams because he was spread out wide. Yeah. So. Right now, I would almost give a pass on some of these things on personnel based on the available bodies that are out there. Um, you know, it's always the it's the hope that 
that gets us excited about players coming in. You know, it's like, oh, well, David Moore, I hope he was the best player on the field. I'm like, I, I don't. You yeah, don't want a guy that you just signed off the practice squad to be the best player on the field. You know, maybe he can come in and contribute. That'd be great. But, you know, if he's on someone else's practice squad and he ends up being your best player, it means you weren't very good. So I, I need Sutton and, and Patrick to be those guys. And I need Reisner to step up and be that guy. I need And I need uh, Bobby Massey to do a, a better job out there at right tackle. So, uh, but there were some scheme things I'd be happy to get into also right off the bat that were just, you know, on the first couple drives, offensive drives, uh, that just were a little confusing to me as well. Yeah, and uh, we got Klee coming in here with the red snapper picture saying, I love how Shermer has never scored a touchdown on an opening drive with the Broncos and then opened a game with a delay of game on the first play. I uh, told you all you needed to know about the game. I told you all you needed to know about oh, the game. Yeah. When you're coming out your first play yeah. of the game, running out there and you get a delay a game. Mm-hmm. Clearly that's my first note. My yeah. first note is how in the hell do you get a delay of game? The only thing worse than that is getting one coming off of your own timeout. Yep. That is a fireable offense for yeah. somebody. Somebody should be hitting the bricks for that. Whoever's fault it is, can't get the play in. Your quarterback just went brain dead. Something needs to change. But I agree with you. That's That was my first note. How yep. do you get a delay a game? Especially if what I hear is true about this, t- about Shermer being very scripted. You, you know, your first 10, 15 plays, they're, they're pretty well already in the book. You, are, you know what you're yeah. going to run. How do you get a delay a game like that? You know, I don't care if it's loud. Run silent. Yeah. You know, run a silent count. You're in the shotgun most of the time anyway. Ugh. Yep. Now Not I'm getting great. fired up again. <laughs> Coffee's starting to kick in. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that was uh, incompetent to the highest degree. Uh, that's very unfortunate, especially with Shermer. Um, scripting, uh, early plays, That's at least that's what's been reported. Uh, also, the Broncos have not only a long streak of not scoring a touchdown on their opening drive. I think it's the longest in NFL history. They haven't scored a touchdown on their opening drive since early in 2019. Um, so uh, that's I mean, it's been painful watching this team's offense and they are better this year. It's unfortunate that the injuries they have had, how quickly they've mounted. I know that like not to p- pivot this back to last season and what happened with the Broncos uh, quarterback situation last season. But last year it was really I mean, the injuries were Cortland Sutton. I guess Juwan James too on the offense. You know, that was, those are the big ones this year. I mean, Dalton Reisner's uh, has a lingering injury. Graham Glasgow does not look right. Um, and you lost two of your best wide receivers. Uh, it's f- falling apart. Right tackle. Yeah, another, another right tackle as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, this year's offense is actually falling apart. Now last year's defense really fell apart with injuries, but I mean, I'm not giving the offense very much leeway when it comes to that because they're not taking the field with those guys. So like they still should be better. Um, Here's here's where I want to get on the offense a little bit. Um, When we talk about how to scheme for players and these, those type of things. So it was three and out, I think three straight times, right? At least Mm -hmm. the first two running plays were run center left, tried to run away from the side that, uh, that, that Watt was on. No one touched him. No one put a hat on, on TJ Watt. TJ Watt. TJ Watt, right? Yeah, yep, TJ. Yep. <laughs> Start getting my names confused. I don't even try and go with the Boses. I can't keep them straight at all. So uh, no one even put a hat on him. So you're leaving the best player on the field completely unblocked. Do you think he's going to be able to get to the backside, especially if there's any hesitation at all? Yeah, he did. He, he, he blew those plays up. Third run and play. Fullback. 
had a fullback try and pick him up. That didn't work so well. Hmm. Fourth one, Noah Fant came out, was on him. And I think he gave him just a little faint. Fant lunged, walked right around him, blew up a play. So their plan, game plan, and that's game planning. That's not necessarily, yeah. okay, my right tackle's outmatched. Yeah, that happens. But I've yeah. got a game plan where I consciously make the decision to, one, not block, two, not block, three, fullback, four, tight end, who's not a great blocker anyway, no. on the best defensive player on the field. That's not smart. That's no. that's not good game planning. No, it's not. And uh, Shermer, you know, early on, I thought it was looking pretty good, but it's looking more and more apparent that the Broncos were playing some teams that were just personnel-wise outmatched by this team. And you can blame injuries or whatnot, but it's a lot of teams are dealing with injuries right now and uh, got to get better. And I know that we are crapping on Shermer, rightfully so, but my again, I keep coming back. My biggest disappointment is the defense. Um, you are paying, this is the number one paid defense in the NFL, number one paid secondary in the NFL, and they are not getting pressure. They're not getting after the quarterback. They're allowing opposing offenses to dictate flow right now, and they're not creating turnovers. It's just, it's not good enough for what this has to be. And what, furthermore, what it has to be with Vic Fangio, right? Like his calling card is if you have Vic Fangio, especially with how many, how much resources you've put into this. I mean, you skipped on a first round quarterback this year to further amplify the secondary with a as much of a plug and play cornerback as we've seen in a bit um, and spent a lot of free agent dollars on that side of the ball. This has to be a top three defense, especially with Vic Fangio and all the prickliness that comes with him. And, you know, talk about him, not really riling the guys up in the locker room, not being that CEO type. You have to have that top defense. You're not getting it right now. You're not even getting cl close to that top three defense. Uh, and there's been injuries for sure, but it's, it's just not been good enough, not been nearly good enough. So and we got Ivan, Ivan coming in here. How much is Ivan bad execution asks, versus how much is oh, bad execution versus bad game plan? And we had several people that said, so this is a, a good topic for the next couple of minutes, actually, because several people said, yeah, hit that, Nick, Scott, hit that. Because um, I think it's a combination across either side of the, of yeah. the line from what I've seen. Uh, and I, I'd love to get into this. So I'll let you I'll let you go first and I'll let you have dealers choice on on where which side of the ball you want to go with. It's both. It's it's always both, right? It's nothing mm -hmm. is ever one hundred percent one direction or the other. But you're not um, allowed to say both. You're allowed to contribute. You got to go one way or the other on this. Oh man, I'm gonna go. I tend to lean more. It's so hard to execute on each play, so it's easier to say execution for me. Now, obviously, you want the game plan to be better, but there have been plays on the field where the Broncos are giving up, like the pass interference by Fuller this game. Bad technique. Bad execution. Um, the, the the touchdown, the big touchdown last week, the big one where there was miscommunication by the safeties. Bad execution. Um, as much as I've been loving how hard he's been running, um, Javonta Williams, his vision has been poor so far. He's leaving yards on the field. You go back and watch the All-22. He is getting ahead of himself um, almost, where he's not letting the blocks develop or taking the wrong lane because he's so eager to go out there and be physical. Love that, but we don't want Trent, Richard, Trent Richardson syndrome in here. You need to let your blocks develop and see that better. So far, it hasn't been the case for Williams. Uh, so I'm going to lean more on execution, but it's it really is both. So for me on offense, I'm going to say it's a combination of game planning and injuries. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just ran through the first five plays, and one doesn't count as a play with a delay game. But you, to open the the first six plays was two, three and outs. You started off with a delay game and then deciding not to block T.J. Watt on four plays, on four of the first six plays, deciding really not to block T.J. Watt. That's yeah. bad planning. 
Yep. That, that's bad planning. And then you've got some injury issues that limit what you can execute. I'll give them that. I'll, I'll give them that. Um, but uh, I, I think the game plan hasn't necessarily been very good on offense. On defense, the bend but don't break only works if you don't break. Yeah. So, and it has worked. If you look overall, the Broncos still haven't given up that many points. We're five games into the season now. They're still mm-hmm. going to be a scoring defense. They're still going to be in decent shape. Um, they were number two after last year, they, after last week, after four games. They've probably dropped down some. Um, but they're st- they had a pretty good cushion too. They had like a fourteen point cushion. So, for me, the game plan isn't necessarily so bad. It's not fun to watch necessarily. Man, these guys keep converting third downs. They keep moving the ball. We can't get the ball back, and they're chewing up clock. But they're not necessarily scoring until you do break. And for me, the break on those was was Kyle Fuller. I, I would normally, if I'm if I'm scheming up plans and I say, okay, I've got this, you can't cover everything. Every coach in the world will tell you that. You can't have everything covered. If I say I've got, this is what I think we're going to get on third down. I'm going to rush this guy, this guy, this guy, and I've got this area covered and I've got one-on-one. Um, this is maybe my weak spot, but I got, I got Fuller out there. I got my 10 million corner out there on Deontay Johnson against Big Ben, who is going to put the ball up for up, up in the air because he, he's not throwing it on a line anymore. I like that. I like that. I don't necessarily think that's a bad plan. I don't think it's it's the, that one's planning. I think the game planning, for the most part, has been pretty good on defense. It's worked until you break. And yeah. for me, break on that has been personnel. I, I think the the limitations we've seen on defense have been personnel problems. You've got to be able to get some front some push with your front four, some pass rush with your front four. That's personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, you're losing Josie Julie, you're losing Ronald Darby, that I, I think the, the, the game plan on defense has been okay. So I would say, to answer your question on this, I would say injuries and game planning on offense, injuries and execution on defense. Yeah, the very nuanced there. We appreciate that. <laughs> we try to bring that here rather than just, you know, the fire and brimstone, I'm angry at everything. I want to know why. That's that's the biggest thing. That's probably why I'm in science. Um, the DWI guy is coming back in with uh, 10 pounds uh, from across the pond. Saying, uh, when I saw AJ drop a potential pick six, my thoughts went back to the previous years now, which watch scorer hit score a touchdown. Sure enough, AJ played great, but his two drops interceptions changed the game. That's what's missing. Yeah, the Broncos aren't making those uh, game-changing plays right now. The, just not happening. Um, you have those two dropped uh, interceptions, which if he pulls down one of them, we're talking a different game. You have another crucial special teams mistake with Draymond Jones uh, hopping the line, which is a penalty. It's against the rules. You can't do that does it and uh instead of three points it's seven and then you have the broncos javante williams spiking the ball after a non-touchdown instead of it being what first and goal from the three it's now i don't know if it's still first and goal but it was the move back 15 yards because the unsportsmanlike conduct and the broncos score three instead of seven they probably score seven there from first and three um i guess you can never tell but that's just you talk about operating within the margins the broncos are not a good enough team where they can make that many mistakes on the road against a desperate Pittsburgh team against a well-coached Pittsburgh team and win the game. And that's, that's enough. I mean, you're talking on the road, on the road. Yeah. You're talking the difference of 10 plus points there with all those mistakes. Now you can do that in every single game, but it's just, they compounded in this game with a slow start. Uh, it's just, it's just way too much. This team is not that talented. It's not the Buffalo bills right now. Who's just killing teams um, where they can make that many mistakes and still win by a touchdown. Plus you're not, you're not good enough, especially on offense, but you're not good enough to do that. Not with these injuries. Yeah, not with the injuries. You no, know, not with these yeah. injuries. When you got a difference maker out there like Jerry Judy, yeah. maybe. 
you know, maybe he can he can do something on his own. And the thing is, is we, we've talked about how having these guys makes everyone else better. So having Sutton back moves, and right now, I, I think Jerry Judy is, is probably your number one right now. He's probably mm-hmm. your best receiver until we see Sutton back to absolutely 100%. Seeing he's close, but that makes everybody else a little bit better. Um, your number two just got better. Your number three just got better. Your number four just got better. And your previous number four, he's not playing anymore. So uh, having him back helps elevate everybody else's game. And you need a little elevation on offense right now. Yep. Ah, man, you really do. Got to be better. And we got uh, Deshaun, Deshaun coming in here with $5 over on YouTube. Thank you very much. Is that close? nailed it. Um, There you go. I like the the defense has a lot of pressure, but AJ drops two interceptions. The defense has to make more plays for us to win the game. Um. I don't know where you're at. Actually, I know you agree with me on this. I know there's been a trend recently where back seven is more important than front four, um, but the Broncos just organically have not been creating enough natural pressure without blitzing. Now maybe Vic Fangio has to alter his scheme a bit and start bringing more A-gap blitzes with Alexander Johnson or stuff like that. But right now the Broncos are not uh, getting enough pressure up front with the with the front four to really create, uh, make the quarterback make bad decisions. And that's where the turnovers come from, especially if you're going to play this, you know, match quarters, softer coverage on the back end. That means your front four has to win consistently. And they're, they're just not right now. Yeah, just not. I think 31 out of 32 quarterbacks, you can let, you need to put pressure on the, the exception is Zach Wilson. You actually <laughs> want him sitting back there making decisions mm-hmm. instead of running around and freelancing. Um, and you've played him. <laughs> it works. Yeah. And um, I don't blame linebackers for dropping passes, honestly. Yep. Um they call them linebacker hands for a reason. If you look at their hands, they're usually taped up like clubs anyway. And, yeah. you know, they're, those those poor guys, they take a beating. Yeah, I want them to make those catches, but I, I'm going to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt on that one. Um, yep. Go ahead. Base Gase coming in with a uh, with the $5 super on YouTube. I think Fangio would be better in the box, but I can't see a head coach going up there. Yeah, no, not going to happen. And Scott, is Cordero Patterson going to keep this up? Fantasy beast. Um, I'm going to hit the first one first. Uh, I think Fangio would be better in the box, but no, a head coach isn't going up in the box unless he's got health problems, um, uh, extenuating circumstances. We've seen it happen, you know, after a surgery or something like that, but no. Um, And if he's not going to be kept on as a defensive coordinator, that doesn't happen. Demotions don't happen with full-time head coaches. If he's gone... He's gone. He's not the head coach. He's gone. Um, Is Cordero Patterson going to keep this up? Not at this rate. (laughs) He's not going to get four, you know, four touchdowns and every, you know, across every two weeks. But I think you can count on Cordero Patterson for a hundred yards from scrimmage, uh, five targets, five receptions a game. And then maybe if he, if he slows down to a touchdown every other game, you're still pretty happy, but talk about, you know, an X factor. And, And one of the things for, uh, to try and plug the show tomorrow. I've got some clips from Arthur Smith's press conferences that I want to play for Nick that he probably hasn't seen or heard and highlight the difference between Arthur Smith and uh, Vic Fangio and how they're coming mm-hmm. out of the press conferences and see what you think. And I want to get your reaction to that. Um, so Broncos fans, that's going to be part of the show tomorrow over on my channel. We'll put a link in there. Uh, we'll put a link in there as well. Yeah, and uh, real quick, we didn't talk about it early because we wanted to get into everything. So much to talk about with the Raiders and the Broncos and 
the state of the world. Also, somebody wanted me to start a, a, a five minute banter about how good the Iowa Hawkeyes are. Somebody said, Nick, you deserve we it. We can this do that at um, 1035 okay. Eastern. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, that's a, uh, we, I wanted to say also, make sure you guys are getting your stars and um, super chats and super stickers in because you're going to qualify for that Patrick Sertan jersey if you guys are getting those in. And uh, Patrick Sertan, I thought, played pretty well this week. He did have a bounce-back game. So Broncos are in a good spot with Sertan. He's, honestly, he's been the best first-round pick the Broncos have on the roster so far this year, which is probably not a great thing. <laughs> but uh, he's been playing pretty well. And we got Whale coming in. Speaking of first-round picks, uh, should the Broncos draft a quarterback in the first round? I Scott, you probably heard me on here, but I was screaming last year, and I was definitely in contrast to some people in Broncos country, especially those who thought Drew Locke deserved another year, where um, I was screaming this 2022 quarterback class is not good, mm -hmm. um, especially in comparison to 2021. I think the first four quarterbacks off the board last year, not only would be the first quarterback off the board this season, they, they have a chance to go number one overall, given the value of the position. Um, and I'm just, I am so unimpressed with the quarterback plays. Now that's not like there's no talent, but it's talent that I think every single guy that I like in this class would need a year. And they are extremely boomer bust for the quarterback. Let's let's run a couple comparisons on this and having ballsy general managers. Um, Cause it takes some guts to do something like this. How about the Arizona Cardinals moving on from Josh Rosen one year after spending a top 10 pick on him and the money to, yep. for the chance Trading to get up. Tyler Murray. Trading up for Josh uh, Rosen too. Has that has that worked out? Only undefeated team in football. Kyler Murray's one of the tops for the uh, MVP right now. So, okay, yeah. so if you believe in Kyler Murray, for them to go out and make that move one year after drafting Josh Rosen, took huevos grandes. Uh, yep. Just that is uh, that that that's impressive. Um, that's yep. impressive. General managers don't do that. Coaches yep. don't do that. They're chicken. Yep. They're so afraid of being called out. They make so many, so many things for fear of being against the book, not being able to defend. Well, this is what the book says to do. Sometimes, you know, if I just wanted to go buy the book, I just buy the book and not pay you $5 million. Yeah. All right, let's fast forward to this year. Miami Dolphins. Uh, talking with, uh, with our guy over with the Miami Dolphins. And they were seriously considering taking a quarterback. They aren't completely or weren't completely sold on Tua uh, Tungabaloa. They didn't. They traded mm. down, which I, 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 the, the, the deal that they got, you know, I, I would probably would have traded down too. Uh, yeah. But they still had a chance to go after another quarterback and maybe move uh, Tua. How's that working out for them? You know what? Just real quick sidebar that trade down was great. Trading back up for Jalen Waddle, which right now is the number three overall they pick in the draft. Could be one of the all-time terribles. And they still didn't get Jamar Chase, who was the player they wanted all along in that spot. Yep. Who's looking incredible. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, nope, that's a, gosh, that's why it's so dang. If you're trading up in the first round in the top 10, it better well damn be for a quarterback because it doesn't work. Did they learn nothing from Deion Jones? What's going on? So um, if you're not sold on a guy, it's okay to move up. And, uh, what I think it did, what, what this told me was one, it was going to be too expensive to move up. And two, you weren't sold on Justin Fields. That was my quarterback take for this year. As soon as they named Teddy the, the starter, that was my quarterback take for this year. Um, was we didn't like the guy. It was going to be too expensive to move up. And if, if moving up was what we saw that it was going to cost the 49ers. And I agree that was expensive. Yeah. Um, 
if you're not and if you were completely sold on Justin Fields or Mac Jones, then then taking Sertan was a smarter pick. But you can't be afraid to move on quickly. And I think Arizona Cardinals, I can't give them enough credit for doing that uh, when it when it when it was crazy. When it was a crazy thing to do that early. Uh, I want to hit a super real quick a, a, a Facebook stars question and comment from Peter. Fangio's old players from Chicago seem too relaxed. They've not had the drive to prove themselves to him as they were already trusted. This has cost the Broncos as they've not played to their contracts. Nick, you've seen much more of this than I have. I want you to take this one. Um, Too relaxed. I just they've been disappointments. And this is, we talked about it early. Everybody's assuming that the Broncos, when they brought in Fuller, is going to be this all-pro player because that's what he was in Chicago. But... Um, especially for the cornerback position, it's such a quick twitch young man's position that once they hit that near 30 age, you start to have some concerns and Fuller so far, maybe he has been a little accidental, but it could be also him, you know, just the grind of playing the NFL. He's starting to fall off a little bit. Um, so it's definitely been an issue. I can't really think of any other Chicago players. The Broncos have brought in um, defensive wise that match up with uh, Fangio's time in uh, Chicago, but um, Fuller has been a disappointment, no doubt about it. And if Darby's good to go, he's going to be one that's uh, sitting on the bench. So it's a, uh, it's too bad. But um, I agree. With that. I mean, even with Fangio, Fangio is too relaxed. I do take a little bit of. I'm a little contrarian when people say, "Oh, Fangio isn't firing these guys up." You're talking about million dollar paid athletes that are doing one of the premium jobs in the world. Like, if you can't fire yourself up, go sit the hell down. Because no, I don't want adult. a raw guy as my coach. Um, I, I need a guy who puts players in best position to make plays. Yep. That's what I need out of my head coach. And and for them to believe in him, mm-hmm. um, for them to have belief, not necessarily, I, I don't need a motivator. Mm-hmm. Like the, in, in the, in the old school scene, you know, in the, obviously motivation takes on many forms, but yep. I don't, I don't need an old school rah, rah guy. Yep. I agree with you. And uh, real quick, just back to that first round quarterback conversation. I don't love any of them that much this year. The three that stick out to me that I think I might take a first round shot on, but like back end of the first round, Matt Corral from Ole Miss probably needs a year right now. He's like a pure RPO quarterback. I don't know if he can operate a drop, drop back game at all. Um, Malik Willis, wide open system. Hugh Freeze. They play Liberty. each other in a couple of weeks. That'll be so that is going to be, fun. I mean, when did you think that Liberty Ole Miss was going to be must see television? Yeah. Going to be amazing. That'll be great. I'm really excited for that. Um, that'll be great. Uh, but Malik Willis, also another one, like how translatable is his, uh, the offense he's running to the NFL. He probably will need a year. Um, he's a little bit erratic with his arm, his decision-making. He had a, like a play this last week that was like a video game play, but like in the NFL, he's, if he's doing that, the quarter, the coaches are screaming at him. And um, somebody who's been a little up and down, he's not my cup of tea because I like quarterbacks with a little bit more athletic pop to him. Um, but Carson Strong is another one who I think will probably end up in the first round. He's solid, but uh, none of them, none of them hold a candle to the top four in last year's class, well, which is and I felt a little guilty saying it, you know, over the summer. Like, no, I'm going to wait until the fall to, before I really start watching these guys. Spencer Rattler, anybody? Yeah, woof. You know, I mean, it's it's one of the reasons. Like, you know, whoever said Bo Nix was a number one overall, I said they shouldn't be allowed to ride again. You don't you don't get to comment on player personnel ever again. Um, you know, and Spencer Rattler, I was, I want to see these guys this year. I mean, it's nice. Yeah. You see the tools, you see all of this, but now you got a target on your back yep. and you know, how are you going to perform? That's one of the things I always love so much about Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. These guys were stars at yep. 15 years old and they handled it every step of the way. Uh, they were, you know, and, and Trevor Lawrence was, you know, as sure of a sure thing as you can get. 
and uh, and, and the way he handled that pressure and being under the under the microscope, it's just it's it's that's is it's almost like evaluating kickers. You, you've got to know that you've got that up here to be able to handle that that type of pressure as well. Yep. Um, Deshaun came back in here and he's got all kinds of tildes on Facebook now. So uh, I'm gonna uh, Deshaun. I like Barube here. Barube is how I would go with that based on uh, based on the the phonetical spelling here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he asks, what are some coaching candidates you think could develop a young quarterback coming out of the draft? Um, like I said, this wouldn't be the year that I go into the draft and take one. Now, that doesn't mean all these quarterbacks are going to be trash at all. But um, based on what I've seen so far, they concern me. They're not my guys. Um, obviously, Michael coming in here answering this as well. And thank you for the uh, the stars here, Deshaun. Um, but two names that are really popular right now, Brian Dabble, which is still shocking that he did not get a head coaching gig last year. Now, how much is Dabble uh, leaning on the unbelievable athletic talent of Josh Allen. Like is Josh Allen the system or is Brian dabble the system? That's a tough question. Somebody's going to find out because somebody's going to hire dabble. Um, my yeah, personal favorite, take a core, a, uh, an offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach that had Tom Brady for a while. Yeah. Actually he, a couple of those guys, him, him and McDaniels and Charlie Weiss were unbelievably arrogant mm-hmm. for someone who, you know, had Tom Brady. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I really like Kellen Moore, uh, who is killing it right now for the Cowboys. And I'm, again, Dak Prescott is, I think maybe we talked about it on here. Maybe it was the other shows, but I was like, yeah, Dak Prescott easily top 10 quarterback could be top five, brilliant quarterback, good athlete, smart with the football. Um, he's absolutely, I mean, he's playing it at MVP level right now too. God, there's so much good quarterback play in the league. It's crazy. Um, but, uh, Dak killing it. I really like Kellen Moore. Um, another name that I think deserves some credit and this is kind of go, this is going to go directly against what you just said, um, talking about Tom Brady killing and whatnot. But uh, Byron Leftwich has been uh, getting a lot of praise in his whole coaching career. Um, he's been a disciple, I guess, of Bruce Arians so far. And you and I both know. I mean, I'm a I stand Bruce Arians, one oh, of my Byron, favorite. Byron got some head coaching jo- uh, looks. looks last year. And you want to talk about, you know, a guy that people run through the wall for. I mean, yeah. you, oh, man. You, Marshall? part of this could have been show, but do you remember him getting yes. escorted up the field by, by his offensive lineman who had to carry him up the field? You yep. can tell me you don't want to play for that guy. Come on. Yeah. yeah I really love uh, Byron left, which as well. Also, I, I mean, just for the sake of, I mean, as somebody who's got the name brand, whatnot, um, getting some diversity in the league head coaching circles too, would be great. So I, I've always stood Byron left, um, dating back to like playing Madden as a kid, <laughs> I've like Brian Lovich with the arm, and he's been what he did last year, merging Tom Brady's horizontal, what is the Earhart Perkins offense that he's been running his whole year versus the uh, oh god, what's the bombs away offense that Bruce Harris runs? I can't, the very vertical oh, offense, air raid. it's uh, yeah, it's, it's air raid. There's, there's a name for it, I cannot remember off the top of my head, but anyway, the way he was able to merge those is incredible um and so many different personalities too that they're dealing with and a lot of that is bruce arians but i i really do like uh byron left as well as a name so um hopefully those are some that uh, you could get some answers unfortunately i do not think this team is one that uh i personally would punt completely on the 2022 quarterback class in the first round if i'm looking to make a splash at the quarterback position next season and using a first round draft pick it's trading for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that's that's about it. Otherwise, I'm going for cornerback. I know everybody roll their eyes. Cornerback, edge rusher, offensive tackle. Those are the positions. Well, if you're if you're sitting, you know, around 500, you're going to be between you know 15 and 18. You're going best player available at that point. Yep. You know, for for the most part, or you know, or you're trading. I'm always a big fan of trading down. Yeah. Um. And so I see some people also saying, uh, Chris coming in saying Eric Bieniemy. Um. Bieniemy has some. Um, 
skeletons in his closet from some of his conduct while he was in Boulder. That apparently makes him. It sounds like it makes him untouchable for Denver. Um, just I don't know if there's there's too much history there in the area. So not good history either. It's, it's honestly shocking that uh, Vic Fangio got hired given some of the stuff that surrounds both of them. Um, but uh, either way, uh, the DWI is coming on with another super. Thank you. I think that's the third time today. So uh, God bless you. Uh, keeping the lights on in here. Um, and uh, this one really stings me. Uh, Noah Fant citing anywhere. Pat Schirmer before being promoted offensive coordinator was at Minnesota was wait for it. The tight end coach. Yeah, that's uh, that's concerning. Um, I don't know what's going on with Noah Fant. I don't know if it's because I think part of this was scheme. Um, they did not trust Bobby Massey on an island against TJ Watt. And um, because Obviously, of that, try and block him the first two series. Yeah. God. <laughs> Woof. Um, but uh, that I think that is the. Sorry, getting a little more coffee. That is the big one um, for Noah Fant disappearing there. But like they got to start feeding this guy. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's Noah Fant. I don't know if it's the Teddy Bridgewater not wanting to uh, work over the middle of the field, the danger zone sometimes with that. I don't know if it's uh, Pat Shermer. It's probably somewhat all of them. But first round pick Noah Fant uh, right now is looking like somebody who you're not signing back for a second contract. Got to be better. So they got to start getting him involved. Maybe that comes later in the season. Um, luckily this Raiders team from what we saw, at least previously, they're a team that was really trying to get pressure with only four and drop everyone else. They were doing a good job early in the season, not as much recently. Um, but because of that, I think you can trust your offensive line and pass protection a little bit more this week. There's not that much the deception and uh, hopefully you can get more Noah Fant uh, involved because it's time. God, it is beyond time, but it's time for Noah Fant. Jetty splash coming in with $2 on YouTube saying our defense avoided head on tackling. Agree. Uh, I thought Alexander Johnson was fine there in that regard. Um, I mean, gosh, Kareem Jackson detonated. That's a terrible word to use, but detonated Juju Smith-Schuster's shoulder. He had to be rushed to surgery, and he's done for the year. I mean, it was talk it's like absolutely vicious hit from uh, Kareem Jackson. So, well, and what's interesting about that is, you know, I'm listening to it on the radio, listening to the call, and I'm hearing, you know, Kareem Jackson's in the tent being evaluated for a concussion, concussion, and I'm like, that doesn't surprise me. Not the way this guy flies in the games. Yeah. You know, and then a couple of plays later, I hear Kareem Jackson coming up, you know, throwing his body around. I'm like, well, I guess Kareem Jackson's OK. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's a spark plug. And I know that the Broncos were fine moving on from him this offseason, brought him back at a reduced rate. Um, and Caden Stern's probably the way of the future. I think it was Richie Rich asked a question earlier asking about uh, maybe benching Justin Simmons for um, Caden Stern's. I can tell you the politics of that. That's not happening uh, with him getting paid. He's and and the good tape that he's shown. Um unless like he gets an injury where they can kind of give him a break. Um, you're not going to see Justin Simmons benched. He's going to give, be given time to figure it out. Um, but Caden Stearns is a transition beyond. I almost maybe think of this like the old, old school linebacker thought, you know, where your inside linebacker comes off on third down, you know, I, I would have, I wouldn't have Kareem Jackson on the bench on first and second down. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the way, the way he attacks the line of scrimmage, I want him out there. Um, but if he is a huge liability and I haven't watched the back seven enough to, to make this comment, um, or make this decision, obviously I can make the comment, um, then, then maybe you, on third downs or nickels, but you know, you maybe make that change then, but I want Kareem Jackson on the field as much as possible. Yeah. And I agree with you there. And I also agree about bringing in Caden Stearns more because he brings speed and, uh, click and close that really honestly to God, I'm thinking about it. Maybe Darby has the click and close like that too, but he you don't was, see it Ronald Darby was a track guy in high school. Yes. Um, he was, a, he was a, like a, a national hundred meters type. Yeah. And I think we got uh, 
speaking of uh, guys coming in 100 meters, <laughs> whatever that means, Andrew Lampy with the stars. Late to the game, fellas. So that's what the that's where the 100 meters coming in. He's closing the gap. Um, but we'll watch later what I missed. Thank you so much, Andrew, and appreciate the the stars as always. Hopefully we're uh, good on the stars, man. Today's been flying by. We're already coming up on an hour now. I know. And we we started a little slow on numbers, but we're 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 at 150 being watched right now. And you know, one of my favorite phrases is, "I might be biased, but it doesn't mean I'm wrong." And Andrew, this is felt like a good show to me. I uh, I feel like this is one of our better shows. So yeah. uh, Nick's Nick's been good. I haven't been awful most of the so time. That for where you know I haven't been I haven't been dragging Nick down as much as I usually do. But I think you'll enjoy going back and 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 getting this one from the beginning. It's got to be the new merch, right? Like uh, we've officially made it now that we have our Broncos for breakfast mugs. I'm wearing the hat. This isn't just a blip. I think we're here to stay uh, for the season. So. And that doesn't mean stop supporting us uh, because if, if if we go cold turkey, Chad will be like, okay, see you guys. Um, but uh, no, yeah, thank you so much. Um, I know I where Chad's buried the bodies. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> Chad. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I do want to get out of here um, before we close out, just because it has been a, I'm just reading comment section, social media, Broncos fans have such PTSD right now. And it's a, it's a very bitter and upset place. I want to leave on a positive note and put good vibes into the universe because this is a must-win game for the Broncos against a, an absolute trash organization and a disheveled team in the Raiders. The Broncos are 3-2. and two. They're coming home. This is a must-win game. They're not last place in the division by any means, and uh, they played about as bad as they could have the first three quarters, and they came back. They Really, hats off to them. This is a positive. A lot of teams would have just packed it up when they were down, what was it, 27-7 to seven or something like that, and the Broncos said, nah. We're going to fight back. Now, too little, too late, for sure. But they well, never gave up, and they came back. You know, when I first gave you my scouting report on Teddy Bridgewater, you know, what was it? What did I tell the first person that doubted doubted him that saw him in high school? I said, listen, plug him in a, in a two-minute offense and just let him go to work. You know, and that's when I think the Broncos finally started. You know, some of it's garbage time. Some of it's bend or don't break. Some of it's prevent. But, you know, Teddy can move the ball. He can move the ball. Now, let's get some guys healthy. When's the bye? When's the bye? I know the Falcons' bye is this week, which is coming at a good time. Not that there's ever a bad time for a bye, uh, but it, it feels like the, it feels like Denver could use a bye. Uh, they're a little bit of ways yet. I think it's like week 11 um, where okay. their bye is, which like right in the middle, probably good. Um, but they're coming home versus the Raiders here, then they have it pretty tough. Um, but yeah, Gary coming in, not the end of the world, but I'm really nervous. I hope that the Broncos coaching staff is nervous too, because if they lose this game versus the Raiders, I think that's it. I mean, then you go to a short week to play Cleveland. Oh, good luck. Um, and uh, then you go to, I think you go to Dallas soon after that. I mean, it's not going to get easy from here. It's tough. So uh, this is a must win game. It really is. And if they don't, I think that, I think that's it. I think that it's not officially time to push the panic button, um, but if they lose this game, it's time, it's time to panic. So uh, we appreciate uh, you guys, but positive vibes. Um, That's Broncos came back. They fought. Um, and they played about as bad as they could, not only, you know, sleepwalking through the first three quarters, but like so many drop out, dropped interceptions, Javante Williams spiking the ball. Um, the, uh, the jumped, uh, field goal attempt, um, by Draymond Jones, all of these mistakes compounding and losing the games that you just barely, barely lost. So, uh, I think this is a team that's, it's not, we should not give up on them yet. I think people are talking about them like they're zero and five. This is a three and two team. They're not last place in the NFL. Every, everybody the goes through these blips. I mean, yes. yes. Lamar Jackson turned into Superman again, but if they're not, how do you lose the Colts? I know they didn't lose, but you know, at the end of the day, they don't ask how they ask how many three yep. and two right now. Um, 
but yeah, you need, you need to win this game. You need to win this game coming up. Yeah, and we um, appreciate all the nice as far comments. As the rest of the day, Nick, I think you need to tell me what my schedule is. Uh, your schedule. I think you're probably you need to watch the Iowa Hawkeyes again. Um, that's number one. Um, I'm starting to get irritated at the NFL uh, draft people because they're talking about this linebacker from uh, Utah, and I'm like, listen, Iowa's got a monster linebacker who's absolutely killing it right right now. Why is nobody talking about him? Killing. Well, will me. we see everybody again tonight? Is what I'm hinting at. Oh, um. Honestly, Scott, I need to get back to you on that too. Uh, Carl landed at 3 a.m. last night. So I okay. told him to get to me today um, because that's really late to get in and he may well, maybe want some time to settle. So uh, I will get back to you this One morning. One way or the other, I will be here. So I'll either be yes. in the chat or behind the scenes. Zach will be here tonight, though, on uh, what are we on Tuesdays? That one's building the Broncos. Yep. Building the Broncos tonight at, uh, I always say, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Mountain, 5 o'clock Pacific. Yep. And then again, uh, Nick and I are going to pick something. I'm going to drop this in the chat. So if you haven't followed uh, my channel already, Nick and I do Wednesdays um, at 10 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Mountain on my channel. And again, like I said, we're going to I'm going to do some comparisons a little bit between Arthur Smith. And I'm not saying Arthur Smith is a godsend, but he faced some adversity early and made some mistakes. And I want to play a couple sound bites. Uh, about how he handled him in his press conference. And I want to watch Nick react and compare and contrast. So we're going to do that tomorrow for sure. Um, yeah. So if you haven't subscribed to my channel already, uh, please do so. Uh, click on that link and uh, it'll auto subscribe you if you're on desktop. Just say yes. Subscribe is kind of a bad word. It's really just a follow. There's there's no money involved. Um, we're at about 890 sub followers right now. If I get to 1,000, the channel monetizes and then we can start cooking with gas. So we appreciate yeah. all your support. Yeah, you guys, make sure you're following Scott's channel. I'll put the link up there as well. I um, did. I did. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so we'll make sure you check that out. Uh, thank you, everybody, for the uh, the kind comments as well, saying this is one of your favorite shows. Um, that's a double-edged sword for me because I'm involved in this one, but I'm also involved in I've been others. involved in all of them. That's fair, too. Um, but uh, like you guys said, um, we... I really try. Like I said, I put on two Hawkeye hats when I took off my Bronco cap for fan support. So try to bring you analytical uh, analysis where the, we're still fired up about it right now. We care about the result, but we don't want to let emotions dictate our perception um, so because that, that can cloud your judgment and what you're seeing. So uh, I think we do a pretty good job being uh, fair and uh, realistic with what we're seeing and what we're saying. And uh, hopefully you guys are appreciating it. Obviously, I mean, for the morning show, we weren't sure if this was going to get uh that many viewers uh given it's the morning drive time but you guys have been amazing so far and uh we really appreciate the feedback so uh scott what do you got going the rest of the day you're watching some uh watching some college tape maybe it's probably gosh maybe it's time for the falcons i know you guys are uh coming off a win but uh i am probably and i have to check the time because i'm not even sure so let me look real quick and i'll tell you what i'm doing but i got game five hmm Game four of the NLDS Braves Brewers at five o'clock Eastern. So I'll, I'll be watching that one today. Yeah. Well, awesome. That'll be great. Um, congrats to the Red Sox too for, uh, for last night. And a shout out to Julie. Thanks for the insight watching in Kansas. Hope you're doing well in Kansas. That's where one of our um, own Carl Dumbler's out in Kansas as well. So uh, good people out there in Kansas. Um, and Jeremy's saying, okay, Okay, fine. All of Nick's shows and Scott always brings it. Scott preferred on cam <laughs> than in the background. So uh, I'll take it. That's what I needed. Now keep pumping those egos. Um, thank you guys so much. Uh, we appreciate you. We got to get going. 
Um, I will see you guys tonight. Maybe Scott as well. I'll, I'll get back to you, Scott, on uh, what's going on with Carl. And, uh, you know, Broncos losing two games in a row. It sucks. It sucks to lose that way. I know everybody's PTSD because it felt a lot like last year, but season on the, season's on the line now. Coming home with how tough the schedule gets from here, going against a disheveled Raiders team. Time to move on from that Steelers game. You should have won. You had every opportunity to win. You came out flat. You gave it away. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll move forward. So positive vibes. Oh, and if we talk long enough, eventually something's going to happen. <laughs> Shane Daniels. Good morning. Good morning to you, Shane. And uh, goodbye to you, Shane, because we're heading out. But uh, aloha. We, aloha to Shane. Also, I saw Greg Smith was in the house, too. So appreciate you guys. We'll see you tonight. Hopefully everybody enjoys the shows. Make sure you uh, like, subscribe, and share on the way out. And shout out to everybody who took the time to comment, join us, uh, leave superstars, leave super chats like Shane here. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We'll see you later. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.